Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Creating a National Food Service. Uh, sorry this one's coming to you a few days late. I've been uh, preparing madly for going to America uh, tomorrow, flying tomorrow. Not at all terrified, uh, but potentially I'll be doing an America special episode looking at the food waste stuff going on in America and food projects in America. No promises, but we'll see what we can do. Um, Before we kick on with the episode proper, I just want to say we've got an event coming up on the 5th of June in Sheffield, which is uh, called National Food Service Next Steps Commonwealth Cafe. And it's an evening due at Food Hall, We are doing a talk. You arrive at uh, about 6 o'clock. From 6.30 we talk about uh, what the campaign's been doing so far. At 7 o'clock we have a group discussion so people can get to say their own views. And at 8 o'clock, of course, dinner is served. Uh, So do join us for that. It should be a fun evening, uh, 5th of June for that. And if you do want to catch up on uh, our radio appearance that we did on the 4th of May, uh, you can listen to that for probably about the next month um, on Cat's Kitchen. If you search Cat's Kitchen on BBC Sounds app or uh, BBC Listen Again or or it might just be in a podcast directory um, and we'll be on that. So I'm going to kick on with the episode proper. Enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode four. I'm joined today by Sean Roy Parker. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, and you've come up from London today? I have. Uh, and uh, tell us what you do in London and how you're related to the whole food, wasty, foodness movement. Sure. Um, I run a project in South London called the Brixton Pound Cafe. We are currently London's only pay-what-you-can cafe. We're a radical space um, with predominantly environmental and social goals mm-hmm. um save about 60 kilos of food from landfill every week Brilliant. using um a charity called city harvest what does city harvest do uh so they aggregate the pre-supermarket waste food from um greater london area and predominantly farms in the southeast and uh normally veg that is rejected from supermarkets for being too big or small or wobbly so we get yeah. a really really good pick oh that's fantastic how long has it been open so the cafe's been open for about two years yeah um it used to be more as a when i joined in uh october 2017 it was more of a pay as you feel kind of flex and i took over as manager in january 2018 mm-hmm. and the first thing i did was turn it into 100% pay what you can. So what's the difference there? I think there's a bit of, um, apart from the the lexical difference, there's a pragmatic difference and sort of an emotional difference as well. I think pay as you feel is still giving quite a lot of impetus uh, to the kind of traditional role of the consumer and Mm -hmm. uh, what their expectations are of a product. Uh, Whereas I think pay what you can is quite um explicitly about what you're what you're able to afford Mm -hmm. so people don't feel perhaps so guilty if they can't you know yeah i I think the whole thing is to create a non-judgmental space yeah sure um and also a 
kind of a really anti-capitalist space mm-hmm. as well by kind of removing the the need for money it um sets a level playing field sure really. have you seen much difference in uh, in behavior since uh, in in sort of donation amounts and whether people feel they need to give you know don't need to give so much or whatever and since you changed it um i think it's been really varied uh i definitely have this question quite a lot and it and it really does depend on the um yeah, the individuals that use the cafe, mm-hmm. um, because it's not doesn't exist anywhere else in London. It's I feel like it's quite a tricky concept to to explain sure. quickly. Um, but I think as we've been quite stubborn with it, you know, mm-hmm. over the past year, we've uh, people are really beginning to pick up on it now and kind of maybe understand more the social implications mm-hmm. of tackling income inequality. Yeah, and and what was the inspiration for opening up uh, Brixton Pound? Um, I didn't actually open it, so I can't I can't claim credit for that. Um, I think originally it developed from the Brixton Pound project around the um, the alternative currency. Um, so they've always had like a kind of outward facing aspect of that project. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was a shop where they maybe sold. Um, they would have sold like merch and they would have had some food donations and then kind of gradually it became a bit more about like creating a cafe because it's a social space and Mm -hmm. I think since I've taken over I've definitely tried to push the kind of radical aspect of it. Sure sure Um, and and so Brixton Pound is an alternative currency for Brixton. Um, I must admit I don't know a huge amount about alternative currencies so can you break it down? How does it work? Yeah, so it's been running since 2009. So we're in our 10th year now. Uh, it was started as a way to um, divert consumers' money from big companies, uh, a way of creating more local solidarity between businesses and to um, kind of reinvest mm-hmm. um, money locally um, into different you know, organisations. So give me an, a, an example of like... Give me an example where Brixton Pound would. Yeah, yeah. So we we have them in notes. So they've been they exist in notes. There's ones, fives, tens, and twenties, uh-huh. and you can buy them from the cafe, um, and you can spend them in various places in Brixton. There's a whole list online, but predominantly places like restaurants, cafes, barbers, the Whole Foods. Um, there's a taxi service that will take them. Morley's, which is like a department store. Oh wow! So it's all over. quite quite far-reaching. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a quite um, yeah. You know, the, over the years, the the amount of businesses taking them have has fluctuated, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it is hard to keep alternative currencies kind of stable as well. Yeah. But you know, it's a one-to-one. You know, it's what one Brixton pound is one sterling pound. So, mm-hmm. the idea of it being like directly, uh, like maybe parasitic of the kind of UK currency means that it, it you know, still has a really solid value. But it, it works more as a voucher. So, it's not you, a legal you say tender. you can buy you can buy them from the cafe. Would one Brixton pound be equivalent to one pound sterling? Or yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But can you also earn them maybe? Like um, in if you do X number of hours volunteering, then you get. 
I hadn't thought about that, but that is that's not a bad idea. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got a project. We've got an. Um, it's called Hours, uh, which is being developed um, at the food hall, um, and the idea is um, working with a lo- sort of local businesses. If you do say three hours volunteering at food hall or another place you can volunteer, you yeah. earn three credits, and then those credits could be spent on something. So maybe two credits is a cup of tea at Union Street. Amazing. So that's yeah. more like a time banking model. Yeah, it's like a yeah. time banking. So and it's and it is for people like myself perhaps who have lots of time but no cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I guess it maybe the idea is is valuing the hours put people put in is in community Definitely. stuff. Yeah. It's, it's it's its own um currency isn't it like yeah, skills sure. skill is currency as far as i'm concerned yeah, yeah. You, i mean you're contributing to yeah there's no yeah exactly well you can you can contribute you can contribute in in way in many more ways just in a financial way which is kind of what capitalism has led us to believe like mm. if you don't have if you don't have cash then you're not contributing and i think that's mm. quite a kind of toxic rhetoric yeah yeah so that's hopefully that'll be launched soon enough. great that sounds good um, hopefully it'll be launched before I move to Bristol, <laughs> but I don't know. You just looked around Food Hall today. Um, what did you think of it? Is it similar to Brixton uh, Pound or is it different? Uh, it's an amazing space. It actually like, it really did remind me of the project. Yeah, the yeah. project in Brixton, the kind of the um, the warmth of it, the kind of the shabby kind of hodgepodge furniture. <laughs> like it's all really reticent of of our project and um i think it what it does is uh reflects like multiple voices mm-hmm. of people that use the space rather than kind of a traditional singular voice which m- most you know financialized businesses would, would sure. kind of curate i guess yeah sure um yeah i mean so food, food or if anyone has an idea they can kind of come along and contribute to it and that's what gives it this sort of varied um you know, you have like someone will have done a drawing and then you know painted on the wall here or there. Or, um, do you have a similar? Anyone can use the space in any kind of way uh, for Brixton Pound. Yeah, definitely. In fact, last night we had a bring your own art art show. Um, so we we have like, um, yeah, a really kind of maybe badly curated uh, set of exhibitions. Just because I don't really have that much time, but. <laughs> I saw this model online from a gallery in New York where they just said, hey, just do a bring your own art show. And I thought that would work really well. We have loads of local artists that come and use the cafe. So I just opened up last night and painted the walls and just said, anyone can bring anything down. And we'll stick it up. Sure. We can sell it in the cafe. Um, I made some snacks. Mm-hmm. It was good fun. Um, also, we have a basement that we use as a studio space mm-hmm. so we hire that out for lots of different organizations so that's one of the ways that we've diversified our funding um in terms of like running the cafe keeping it going we don't mind what happens in there we have yoga life drawing um, we've had a mcdonald's strike party we've had grime nights we've had like mcdonald's strike party yeah so people you know like mcdonald's union yeah. The people who work at the McDonald's huh. in, in Brixton were like unionising and well, we we're doing a fundraiser. <laughs> and I just think in terms of the the space that we have and the the ethics of the business, we have an opportunity to um, provide space for organisations that would otherwise struggle to find a regular meeting point. Yeah, sure. 
Brilliant. Um, so the National Food Service is going to be aims to be a network of spaces like Foodtool and like Brixton Pound. Um, one of the reasons uh, we wanted to create it is so that we can find ways that these different organisations can kind of work to bet uh, work together, better interrelate. Um, how do you think that such a network could benefit Brixton Pound? Um, I think there's many, many ways that it could benefit Brixton Pound. I, I guess at the moment I'm thinking about because the fact we're the only one in London, it might um, provide a, a support network for other businesses that are interested in becoming more socially or environmentally engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think in terms of um, providing a framework within which we can like talk to local politicians and you know lobby and maybe get funding and things like that um because mm-hmm. we are out on a you know we are the only one so it is quite hard to know what else is going on and where yeah. to turn especially in somewhere so kind of ultra like hyper gentrified as, mm-hmm. as as brixton do you find that you get much support from local politicians um we we've been asked by local um politicians how they can support us and predominantly will say come and use the cafe mm. that's the best way that you can support the project have I they think, helped with um have they given you any money or space no or, or? no i mean that's something that yeah i don't have any previous experience in doing myself i'm more from an arts background and a hospitality background so i guess it's something that um, maybe the National Food Service with its like it has like more of a kind of grassroots political bent mm-hmm. means that we might have more of a chance of of taking part in those conversations. Sure I think a big thing is um, getting recognition for the fact that there are a lot of these places out there like this now and that they have um, they're bringing out social benefits um, they're not just about handing out food to just the section of society that needs it they're about bringing different parts of the community together, which I think is a really crucial difference. Yeah, there's a, a, a lot that can be said for creating like inclusive social spaces, mm-hmm. um, especially like those that are non-judgmental and uh, have opportunities to like socially engage people that are isolated as well. Sure. So tell me a bit about um, what food you do and what, what your typical menu is like in the cafe. Um, so the we're, we're veggie and vegan and we save about 60 kilos of food every week mm-hmm. so the menu does change quite frequently and because of the sort of horizontal nature of the um, organisation it means that whoever's working on that day whether it's a shift leader or a volunteer um, has kind of options to, to mm-hmm. put on the menu whatever they like. So that is that where you say you're veggie and vegan so some days you might be vegan but others? What we tend to do is create Um, we work around a a framework menu that's like soups, salads, toasties Mm -hmm. and then we have specials so we'll do like stir fry or curry or chilli or something like that depending on totally on what we get um, what food comes in yeah sure Um, we will mostly cook vegan and we'll do with dairy options Mm -hmm. so it'll be like like a bar like like a winter barley stew and then we'll make like a whipped feta yeah. To go on top or Oh wow. That yeah. Sounds really nice. You know, we, we you know, we work we work quite hard on like using the vegetables in really interesting ways. We have like 
a lot of pickles a lot of ferments yeah that i run loads of workshops and i teach i teach all the volunteers how to make pickles Ooh. so those are the, the these other ways of preserving food are really key to the identity of brixton pound and it's a way that we've kind of really um pushed forwards with like finding uh new ways to like diversify our menu and oh, kind of in- yeah increase yeah. like increase healthy eating you know obviously fermented foods are incredibly good for you they're like a totally underrated superfood mm-hmm. they're really easy to make as well so this whole idea of like preserving food for longer using really limited materials and also like a very it's a very easy skill so we we do workshops in the cafe as well yeah sure so one of the one of the questions i have about what national food service might ultimately become is as we've said before um there'll be lots of organisations affiliated to NFS. And one of the questions I have uh, that I thought I'd put to you for your view is what sort of, what does each organisation that is affiliated, what, like, what does it have, uh, what qualities does it have to have? So, for example, there's a lot of varied organisations out there. Do we say any organisation that provides free food can join or do we have to say they have to have a community aspect or do we say they have to have an invite they have to intercept food that would go to waste um and it's working out what the points of interception are mm-hmm. uh, for an organization that could be affiliated with the national food service so i wonder what your take on that is mm. um i don't have like a straight up answer i guess sure. i'm thinking about something that exists in in our area called lambeth food partnership where they were trying to create a charter for businesses to improve their practice. And they came up with seven, oh, what do they call them? Promises or something like that. Mm. And, um, and you know, they kind of, it was all about like engaging people and saving food and zero waste and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Bricks and Pandas, all of these, all seven of these things, we've already completed all of them mm. with no resources and no money yeah and and you know some people struggle to do one so it's like it's quite hard like we feel like maybe people uh maybe organizations like food hall and brixton pound actually could be advocating for this better environmental practice mm-hmm. um but i also don't see it as being like a kind of binary because yeah. th- because you're all different organisations, you want to be as accessible as possible. Sure. So you might have to have like, you know, ten, op- t- t- like you might have to have ten options, and you, if you've achieved three of those, mm-hmm. you know, you have three of those kind of embedded yeah, that in the might business, be an idea. something like that. You know, obviously you want it to be like non-financialised models. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you want it to be like. Uh, yeah socially engaged models obviously yeah. you want it to be like to do with reducing food waste yeah to tackling income inequality uh-huh. to you know be um, increasing volunteering and kind of social payback I guess yeah sure I don't know there's a whole there is a whole there's a whole realm and, and I think one of the tasks is going out there finding out what other projects there are and then getting a real sense of where the whole of the country well the whole of the UK is mm. Um, and that's what we're doing, meeting people like yourself. Um, and it sounds like Brixton Pound is fairly similar to Food Hall, actually. Did you did you know about when did how did you find out about Food Hall? Um, I found out 
through I, I did School of the Damned which is a uh, it's an alternative art school um, so we travelled across the country to various people's hometowns and made art together and spent a lot of time talking about community and self-care and mm-hmm. things like that and um, the current School of the Damned year visited Sheffield a couple of months ago mm-hmm. um, and they went to Food Hall and then like a yeah. couple of people were like oh this is just like Bricks and Pound and <laughs> you should chat to Louis and I can't remember how we got in contact but yeah it seemed like an absolute no brainer to like yeah, come, sure. and, come and see the project so I'm interested that your way of working and our way of working seems to have developed quite separate from each other totally yeah that's a good sign that's a good sign and um (laughs) definitely i think it just also means that there's like multiple narratives for projects like this yeah um maybe there's like a kind of bigger collective conscience yeah that we're kind of tapping into from from different areas yeah but I i definitely can see what why that would benefit the national food service this idea of like giving people who run projects like ours um just a bit of support mm, you know yeah. even if it's peer mentoring anything like that you know i've it, brixton pound is a bit of a bubble you know we don't have anything to compare ourselves to in london so it is hard to know what fully what we're doing and sure um so come and see food hall hopefully going up to see civic house kitchen uh-huh. in glasgow um you know just want to kind of get a better understanding of what's happening across the country really and and uh, you say that you're the only one of your kind in london um i think and I, I think there's probably a lot of people who would like to do uh what you're doing but it seems like an impossible task and maybe nfs could help help people um with with the starting up similar projects yeah totally i definitely see the kind of wealth of experience of both Brixton Pound and um, Food Hall as like, you know, ways of advocating more more projects like in the, in the same vein. Sure. Definitely in terms of like creating more of a, a conversation around sustainability, and I use that word mm-hmm. kind of quite p- purely. Like, I'm I'm kind of really conscious that it's a lot of it's a quite uh, prevalent in like greenwashing language but the idea of sustainability is how you how your business sustains itself yeah rather than like do you have an eco-friendly hand (laughs) hand soap um so yeah i'm really personally interested in uh how to develop more of an understanding of how enterprises work Mm -hmm. and how the model you know whether it's a pay what you can model or a surplus food model how they can be shared you know rather than kind of sold yeah, fantastic. How do you run the project? I mean, it's not just yourself. Who else is involved? Uh, so we there's a small group of about five of us who run the project, um, paid staff. Uh, we're all kind of earning the same money, like London Living Wage, which we're really happy to be doing. Mm-hmm. And we all uh, have specialities in different areas, really. So we run the cafe. I do a lot of the kind of more admin-based things as well and there's a someone who does the finances mm-hmm. um other than that it is is volunteer run so i run a volunteer training program called it's like a kind of work work training program we have people from really diverse backgrounds 
come and help us out. So we have people who are in full-time work who mm-hmm. want to give something back. We have lots of people who are underemployed, who are looking to kind of skill upwards or, or sideways. Mm-hmm. And then we also um, provide opportunities for uh, young people with autism, learning disabilities, mental health issues, mm-hmm. and some work independently and some work with support. That's brilliant. So I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, but before we go, I should just, I'm going to do a shout out for um, Sean's podcast. What's it called again, Sean? Uh Bricks and Pound podcast. <laughs> it's on Mixcloud. Classy. Classy, yeah. Um, it's, on, it's on SoundCloud, you say? Mixcloud. Mixcloud. Okay, there you go. Um, and if you are interested in learning more about uh, Bricks and Pound and how it runs, there's, is it four episodes that you did? Are there yeah, I did time? like four 15-minute episodes. They're, yeah. a bit, they're more kind of focused on um, one's about pay-what-you-can models, mm-hmm. one is about... Uh, food justice and local access one's about radical health and well-being mm-hmm. one's about environmental activism and i had a listen to those uh, the other day and they are really interesting and if you yourself are listening to this thinking i'd quite like to start up one of these projects um that's a very good place to start um so thanks very much for coming on the podcast sean thanks for having me cheers